What is the greatest achievement that you ever, accomplishment that you ever achieved? Or what is the goal or task that you completed that required the greatest strength and endurance? When you think back upon your life and even today, what is that that you've accomplished or when you retire or even if you get to your deathbed, when you look back on life, what could you say about your life? What's the greatest thing that you achieved or accomplished? What is it that you had to spend years, if not decades, upon to achieve that? I sometimes look at athletes, world-class athletes, watch the Olympics, and you get to see the type of training, or a doctor who's very skilled, who maybe after decades of learning and decades of doing surgeries, uh, has an art or a craft and can do that very well. What is it in your life that you could say, this is what I achieved, this is my greatest accomplishment? So I compiled some task about completing an achievement. Uh, do you see yourself in any of that, or maybe would, could you be moved by those? I never failed. I found 10,000 ways it didn't work, Thomas Edison. Anyone know the invention he's referring to? Light bulb, that's right. You can't build a reputation on what you are going to do. Who? Now that works if you're in politics. No, I'm just kidding. Once in a while for pastors, okay? You can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. I never dreamed about success. I what? You're not completing it. That's right. You can't have a million-dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. It doesn't work that way. What is well begun is half done. My guy, Samuel Clemens, what you begin halfway is well done. Procrastination is opportunity's assassin. I'll explain that more next week. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. The difference between winning and losing is most often not quitting. Walt Disney, I'm sure you've heard this before. Winners don't quit and quitters don't win. My favorite, get her done. Larry the kid was like, get her done. Right. Said very eloquently, modern America. Any of those hit home with you? about completing, about staying true to the task, achieving. I think back in my life when I was a 15-year-old, I was at Boy Scout camp and spent a couple weeks there, and I came home, and there was my grandmother from Germany sitting on the porch of my home. And I saw her there, I knew who she was. I met her earlier in my life, and I spoke to her for a few minutes in German because I took German in junior high and high school, and the next thing she said to me is, next summer, you're, I'm bringing you to, West, to Germany. Well, at that time, it was West Germany. And so from the moment she said that, I was excited because next summer I, um, on her dime I'd be able, of course I didn't have any money, be able to travel to see my father's family in, in uh, modern day Germany, which is West Germany. And there was a lot of things that needed to be completed. She wired the money to me. We had to purchase the ticket. It was a chartered flight from Cleveland to Frankfurt. We had to get a passport. Of course, there are directions about buying gifts for my relatives. I uh, brought with me also a couple hundred uh, American dollars to spend while I was there, safety. And I was told that once I landed in Frankfurt, just being a 15-year-old kid, a uh, proper protocol, you do not carry anything from anyone else because it could be drugs or something illegal. And the West German government is not very tolerant to those sorts of things. And so I was given a whole set of lists to accomplish. And the whole point was, from the time I talked to her on the porch to the time I saw her at the Frankfurt airport, all these things had to be accomplished. And about I don't know, about an hour, two hours after I landed, I was able to see her and my cousins and my aunt and uncle for the first time. But there's a whole lot of things that had to be achieved or accomplished. And I sort of look back at it as sort of a 
very uh, interesting and fond time in my life. For the parents here, I'm asking the parents here, are you ever done being a parent? What's the answer? No. You're going to be your sons and daughters' parents until the day you what? Die. It's never is achieved. I, I, like what, I like what the Greek text brings out when it talks about Luke, that Jesus' parents carried out. Uh, they carried out. It was something they continued to fulfill to do. And what did they carry out? Well, on Jesus' eighth day, he was circumcised. Hence, we have eight sides to our baptism font on the octagon, eight sides there. He carried that out. They brought Jesus to be dedicated to the temple. Remember, Simeon held him and said, The Lord has fulfilled my promise. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, I now depart in peace. We sing that after the Lord's Supper. Carried out, the parents carried out. They took Jesus to the temple. And remember, they're heading back. And they thought Jesus stitched him. And where did they find Jesus in the what? Temple. And all the way carried out Mary at the foot of Jesus' cross. How old was Jesus when he was crucified? 33 carried out, continue to do so, bring it to completion, all those sayings about success. And so what makes St. Paul joyful? And that brings us to today's epistle lesson. What makes St. Paul joyful? And it deals with carrying out. And St. Paul says this, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. So Paul began this church, a Christian church in Philippi, and he prays that the faith that God was able to, to instill in them through his message, that God called these people into faith to believe in Jesus, that they would be able to sustain that faith and it'll be brought to completion the day they die or Christ returns. And that brings Paul joy. and brings Paul joy that I preached the gospel and people believed and he wants God. He's asking God, God, you began the good work in these people. Bring it to completion. Keep them in faith until the day you come back or the day that they're called home. Said again that those baptized and called to believe in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit remain faithful until the coming of Christ Jesus that God will sustain their faith through Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. And what did Jesus do? Once again, there's that word. For the joy set before me endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Paul's prayer again is, I proclaimed the gospel and people believed. And my prayer is God's going to bring it to completion, that they will remain in the faith, true to the faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, until the day they die, or the day that Christ returns. Have you ever thought about this? And for, um, for us who are maybe decades old and can think back decades in the church, what would St. John Lutheran Church and School today show the sainted pastors and teachers of St. John Lutheran Church and School if they could see us now? What would happen if we could bring back a Pastor Decker or a Pastor Haber Street? And he would see the people that he baptized. He'd come back here and he'd say, yeah, well, they're still in God's house. They still have faith. Or even Mr. Manthai, who was a principal here. Yeah, these were people who were in my school, and they are still hearing God's word. What joy that would bring them. I think about that sometime in my own life, that those I maybe ministered to when I was much younger, they in the faith, and are they rejoicing? They still believe. What would they see? And I've only been here over two and a half years. I do a lot of funerals of people who are elderly, and I really don't know them quite well. 
But I wonder the joy, and I had this in my previous church, I was there for 15 years, I was able to know people for a long time and see them grow in the faith, then be able to have their funeral. And I got to see how God worked and kept them in the faith until the day they died. I wonder if we bring back people like Pastor Decker or Pastor Koenig or some of our other senior teachers, if they could come to the pews and look around and say, oh yeah, I remember that person as a four-year-old or a five-year-old and how God has kept them in the faith over the year and decades. And that is Paul's prayer, that what God began in faith that he would bring to completion, follow through. What else does Paul pray for? Well, I'm going to come at it a different way. You ever heard this statement that um, blood is thicker than water? Do you know what that means? You ever heard that? What does it mean blood's thicker than water? That family's more important than what? Haven't heard it, I'll say it. Blood is thicker than water. Family's more important than non-family. I understand that. But then Luther, Martin Luther says this, faith is thicker than blood. What Luther is saying is that the family of believers sometimes is more important than my, your biological family. Now, of course, we love our biological family. We love our parents. We, we, we love our children. We love our aunts and uncles. We love our cousins. That's all very important. But ready for this? There's sometimes a closer bond between you and I than there are even some of my family members because some of my family members are antagonistic toward the church. So my family members don't even go to church. So my family members have different views about Christ and the cross than you and I do. Now, that doesn't mean I don't love them, they don't love me, and that we don't have a good time together. But in many ways, the relationship here is thicker than it is with them. That's Paul's prayer, that God who began this good work brought us to faith. He keep the completion of the day in that faith is thicker than blood. I think Paul would sing this hymn stanza. Okay, can, you, can you say it with me? Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Kindred is family. It's thickening. And Paul's intention is pure. Now, he began that church in Philippi. He's not, he just received an offering. He's not doing that because he, he wants to grease the wheels for more money, but his intention is prayer that it remained faith. And friends in Christ, for those of us who hear God's word, we, we receive the Lord's Supper, we're in faith, we have this promise from Jesus. Can you read the verse with me? For I know my sheep, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hands. And that's what brings Paul joy. That God who brought us to faith, that we remain faithful by the power of the Holy Spirit until the day that we die or we're called home and no one can take us from God's hands. We think about Jesus. Jesus, too, carries out and he completes. Well, put into effect. That's another way of carrying out. It is written, he was numbered with the transgressors. I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching his fulfillment. That Jesus fulfilled what the prophets of the Old Testament said. What the Old Testament says about Jesus, Jesus fulfilled. And he fulfilled it, that he would be none of the transgressors, and it's going to be brought to its fulfillment. I'm going to suffer and die. He's about completing. Of course. Can you read the Bible verse with me here? It is finished. Well, what's finished? Well, Jesus said that when he died, he completed salvation for us. He defeated sin, death, and the devil. Once again, Jesus carries out. I'm going to put into effect the promise of the the prophets. I'm going to finish it. What else? Well, Jesus says this when it comes to perfection, our trials and weakness. And this is where the rubber hits the road. Because all of us here have junk in our lives, don't we? We have loved ones who are ill or facing illness. My parents just recently got put into assisted living. People come up and tell me that their loved one's been diagnosed with cancer. 
or we're undergoing tests now, or we have all sorts of tribulation in our life. That's true. Now, this is what, this is how God responds to that. Remember, He who began a good work in us? My grace is what for you? Say it. For my power is made perfect in your what? And sometimes people ask, why is it that someone had to die? And why is it that someone has cancer? And why is it that somebody left so-and-so? And why is all this nasty suffering in my life? Well, God who began this good work in you, he's bringing it to completion. And sometimes in our suffering and trial, that weakness that we have, uh, God shows his perfection, his power in us. He makes us to become something far greater than we were. In our weakness, when we suffer through death and disease and suffering, I don't know, any other sorts of headaches we're going through, God makes us powerful. And he also says, I'm going to keep sin from being carried out. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful spirit. You ever been in a situation where you felt like you wanted to open your mouth but you kept it closed? Who's working the Holy Spirit? You ever want to do something mean to somebody else and for some reason you didn't? That's the Holy Spirit inhibiting us. See, God says, I will inhibit sin from being carried out in reality. I will work in your hearts and lives and souls. Those sins that you want to do, I will pull that back. Remember, I began the good work in you. I'm going to bring it to completion. How? By faith, by drawing close to the body of believers. And Jesus carries this out. He carries it out what he says. I'm going to fulfill what the prophets did, said. I'm going to die for the sins of the world. I'm going to lead you through your suffering and pain. I'll keep you from sinning. He carried out. And finally, this all comes to a divinely appointed time. Can I ask you, are you a person who believes that God has ordained the number of days in your life here on earth? Do you believe that? Do you believe that when God has said in eternity how many days we're to live on earth according to his purpose and will, and when that day is up, guess what? He calls us home. God will bring it to completion. Notice the divinely appointed time. And Revelation says, he who testified these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, in that time. That is what Jesus carries out. Fulfills what the prophet says, die for the sins of the world, work through our weakness, will cause home. You ever see this, the wheels of life? I sort of like this. About once a year, I look at it. Now, you have a much bigger picture than I do. I'll go through it. So wheels of life is our mother gives birth to us, and she's on wheels in the bed. And there we're in a, uh, being taken around in a strollers. Do you see those? Then we have a three-wheeler. Do any of you ever have, have hot wheel? You know what, what's called? The big three-wheeler hot wheel thing? You ever have those? Then you get a bike, you get a skateboard, and when you're young, you drive a motorcycle, you're somewhat reckless, and next thing, next thing you know, you meet someone and you're in a minivan. So he said, I had a pretty cool life. I used to drive a Corvette until I met her, and then I'm in a minivan singing Disney songs, you know. <laughs> okay, then the kids move away, you have money, you buy a sports car, and then you're in a walker in a wheelchair, and what's the last one? Last wheels where? In the hearse. Where are you in that picture? I'd like to have the sports car, never mind. Okay, never mind. You're in the wheels. So you see yourself there, and, and let me come back. What's my purpose? Some people ask me that. Well, where's your wheels of life, and your purpose is that God who began the good work in you will bring it to completion. That's your purpose, that God who began faith in you will bring it to completion. We live in the body of Christ. The, the, blood, the, the, the faith is thicker than blood. Why am I still here? People say this, and there are many times people who say it are with a walker in a wheelchair. Why am I still here? Well, God still has a reason. I can't see why. Well, you can't, but God can. There's still a reason for you to be here. Because God, who began the good work in you, is going to bring it to completion. God is using you 
to begin a good work in someone else or continue a good work in somebody else. We have to think about that. And friends in Christ, what's a prayer mission and hope of our church and school? Well, I can tell you mine. That God who began a good work in you brought you to faith will bring you to completion so the day you die or he comes back. What's well, the whole purpose of the church? That other people might come to faith and God will bring to completion what he began in them. That they might believe and be heirs with us of eternal life. That's ultimately our mission of our church and school. That someone may believe and God will bring it to completion in his day. See, the second Advent candle is about love. This is a message of love. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident is that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.